Blog Talk Radio. This is the EWN Radio Network. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third generation minister and business coach. Join Steve and his guests to get answers to your questions and help break through to the next level in your business. Hi, this is Steve. Welcome to another exciting episode of Thriving Entrepreneur. Today, we get to talk about something that's fun for me and often terrifying for other people that I'm talking to, sales. Let me ask you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you avoid it? Are you like a lot of people who even just the word sales uh, sets off an emotional tornado within you. Um, It's really interesting how the fear or even the hatred of sales is so common amongst entrepreneurs. Though selling is one of the most central themes that we need in our business, you know, I mean, we've got to get customers in in order to be able to have our business. Um, Why is it that selling is so hard? And why is it that so many business owners would list selling or sales actions as the number one thing that they dislike the most about their business. Now, some of you know, um, I have been selling literally since I was five years old. I went door-to-door selling cards and napkins um, as a very, very small child and have been selling ever since then. So um, some of these things I actually had to learn as an adult um, to identify with you why it was that you had those things. And we've developed some really great ways to help you be able to reframe sales. And I am joined today by Jessica Riverson, the owner of Permission to Charge Headquarters, a place where you can learn how to own uh, and how to get what you're worth and how to sell your expertise with sell. Uh, We're going to be talking today about the selling, and we're going to hopefully release you from some of the things that have been holding your business back um, so that you can learn how to overcome that fear and turn what has been a problem into a possibility in your life. So join me in welcoming Jessica Riverson. Hi, Jessica. Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm so glad to have you here with us. So I told my briefly my little story about starting out selling so young and, and really always having been in sales and loving sales. But um, tell us the other side of that story. You you told me that you didn't actually start out being a huge fan of sales. Uh, tell us about, about you and how you got to the place where you came to terms with it and now actually enjoy selling. Oh, I'd love to. So you definitely have me beat having started selling, what, we were five or three? (laughs) Five years Um, old, yes. (laughs) But, um, you know, I actually did start selling at a young age, so we do have that in in common. Um, I think I had a lemonade stand or something when I was like seven and, you know, Girl Scout cookies, one of the, you know, the top seller in my Girl Scout troop. So as much as sales have um, been uncomfortable for me, I, I think I've always just been an entrepreneur. So, um, mm. but with sales, it's an interesting thing about, you know, being an entrepreneur because um, one of the things I always like to talk about is is what I call the rude awakening. And what happens is we get really excited to start a business. 
And so we, you know, we do everything. We like get the business license. We do our marketing. We do our branding, and we, you know, we get everything ready. And then all of a sudden, it hits us. Oh my God, I'm now a salesperson, and <laughs> it's such a rude awakening for people because typically, when you're starting out a business, I think at least the kind of clients that I work with, and probably people that you attract and work with too, is. Um, you, you come up with something you're passionate about, and you're like, okay, I want to do this as a business. I want to, you know, I want to make money, but you're not necessarily thinking like once you do all those business building things and get everything in place, you're not going, okay, great, now I'm a salesperson. But you are like when you start a business, that's exactly what you become. You ca- become the salesperson for your company, and I think most people it doesn't dawn on them at first until they realize, oh, now I got to make sales. And it's really hard to overcome that. And I remember when I um, started my first business, which is a tutoring franchise, um, one of the things that really stood in my way, um, not so overtly as as selling, because like I said, I had some experience with selling previously, but it was more all of the things about sales that come up, for example, the money stuff, right? Like, you know, charging people whatever price I created, that part was – really hard for me. So I find there's there's a lot of things about selling that stand in our way. For example, if you have any money mindset things that are that you're projecting onto your clients, like I used to do, you know, they would call me and say, "Well, what are your prices?" and I would get really scared and I would kind of squeak out my prices. And some people were like, okay, great, where do I sign up? And then other people would get really frustrated. And they'd be like, oh, my gosh, how could you charge that much? And that really made me retreat and be afraid of selling because it was like, well, what are they going to say? What are they going to think of me? Are they going to think that I'm charging too much? So sometimes I think it's our relationship with money that can sometimes, you know, get us really afraid to sell. And then there's all kinds of um, – you know, belief systems that we have about salespeople. Like if, if you know, you were a kid and your dad came home and was like, oh, that sleazy car salesman tried to like, you know, work a deal over on me. And, you know, you're going to, as a kid, you're going to be, you're going to grow up with this belief system about what you heard about salespeople. Just like what we hear, there's a lot of, you know, lawyers get a bad rap, right? So it's like whatever you, you grow up with, your belief system about money, your belief system about salespeople, that's what can make us not like sales. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think um I think there's a whole emotional element that um surrounds the whole concept of sales and um you know there there's so many different aspects to it. We talked a couple of weeks ago in one of the shows about people who get tricked into a selling situation where um, back in the old days of network marketing, um, a network marketer wouldn't say, hey, you know, I'm selling this product. I'd like to talk to you about it. They'd, you know, like invite you to a baseball game for their kid. And and then a guy would, you know, be in the middle of the ball field with a whiteboard, you know, giving a presentation on some product or, or things like that. Um, and then, of course, there's the door-to-door salespeople that have come to your door and, um, you know, you're right in the middle of dinner and you keep trying to tell them no and they keep trying to push their way into the door. And and uh, so so we, we end up having those bad experiences, but it's not even so much the experiences as, as it is that emotional element. It's what we emotionally tie to um, 
what people are going to think about us if we actually, uh, you know, say, hey, I'd like to sell you something. Um, and so, uh, you know, can you talk a little bit more about the emotions that people feel when um, when they're even just approaching the concept of beginning to start selling? Absolutely. I think, I mean, I have a great example of, like you said, there's so many emotions. I think that it really does come down to that belief system. So the example you gave is perfect because if you had that experience, you have a really negative emotion related to that particular experience. And so I was actually listening to Derek Halpern the other day, and he made this really great point of, um, you know, if you've ever heard this saying like, oh, she, you know, he or she could sell ice to Eskimos. And um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things where if you can sell ice to an Eskimo, well, they don't need ice right? Like, they don't need mm-hmm. ice. They have it in abundance. And so um, it really speaks to that manipulative type of sales that you were talking about where um, you might be a really good salesperson and you might be able to um, um, use, kind of kind of tap into someone's vulnerability and in, in essence convince them in a way of, um, what it is that you're selling, even if they don't need it. And so I think um, we're we're afraid of being in that category, of being the type of salesperson that um, is somehow being manipulative. And, I, and, and it's with en- any industry, right? Like I mentioned lawyers. Sometimes lawyers have a bad rap because people say certain things about them. People say certain things about salespeople. And so if you're really good at sales, um, a lot of times uh, people don't necessarily say nice things about you. It's like, oh, yeah, he could sell ice to Eskimos. And that's not really a compliment because you want to be known as uh, someone who d- who's in sales who actually cares about people and offers things that benefit them. So Derek gave this really great example of what if it's about understanding what an Eskimo right, might really need, right? Like, okay, they're cold. <laughs> so, you know, if someone's really cold and you can show them how you have this jacket that can make them really warm, then you're doing them a real service. You're not manipulating them. And so I think the emotion behind um, selling for some people is like, well, I, I don't want to be that person that's manipulating people. They automatically take the word selling or sales and connect it with some type of manipulation, and so, but if you look up the word manipulate, it's, there's a positive definition and then there's a negative definition. And the positive one is just to, you know, skillfully, um, like, influence someone. And that's, that's something that if you have a good intention and you've understood what their problem is and you have a great solution, that's, to me, it's actually a noble thing. And, and that's one of the things that I talk to my clients about is, can sales be a noble pursuit? And for most people at first glance, they're like, no, there's nothing noble about sales. But I think <laughs> that it can be if you come from a place of like truly wanting to help someone, you're clear on your value and you're clear on the problem that you solve. You're providing a warm jacket for someone who's really cold. In fact, if you don't tell them about your warm jacket, you're doing them a disservice, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean – I think of all of the different people that I've heard over the years, and the example that comes to my mind is uh, Zig Ziglar many, many years ago 
was talking about uh, about actually the person who taught him how to be really genuine as a salesperson. And he said, actually, it's my wife. Um, by that time, Zig Ziglar was the top real estate sales professional in, I want to say it was like the Dallas or, or one of the Texas markets, a uh, very, very uh, large market for real estate. And uh, they went to buy a house because they had that kind of money at that point. And um, they sat down and agreed on what they were going to do uh, for their budget on what they could look at, what price range of houses. And then she says to him, um, well, what if we find something that we really, really love? How much more could we spend? Um, and he's like, okay, well, you know, and they, they talked a little bit more about places that they could cut back and, and things they could do um, if, uh, you know, if they really found the perfect house. And then, um, and then uh, she started going out and looking while he was working, and and she finds this great house, and um, she goes, um, before I let I tell you how much this house is, you got to look at it. And she takes him around to see the house, tells him all the great things, points out all the features, has shown him how this is where his uh, easy chair can be, and this is the back patio, and there's the built-in grill so they can grill and just goes through all these great benefits of, uh, of the house and everything. And then she goes, uh, there's just one little thing. Um, you remember that top number we agreed on? Well, it's a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, he brought up the point that, um, when it's something that we really truly want, people buy things, you know, when, when you need food in your house, you're not in, you're not angry with the grocery store for having food on the shelves and selling them to you. In fact, you're grateful that you don't go to the grocery store and find a bunch of empty shelves. <laughs> you know. Right. And the same thing is true with uh with others. Um and so with that thought in mind, with the thought of framing our emotions in a different direction. We're going to take a little break here and we come, when we come back, we're going to start talking about some things that can really truly empower you to turn sales into something that you don't loathe, but you actually love. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. One of my mottos for business owners is, you can't do it alone. Whether you're in the startup stage of your business or you're scaling, you can't grow without relationships to provide support, wisdom, and new customers. eWomen Network is your home to connect with other women entrepreneurs who have been where you are or are experiencing the same challenges. We have chapters across the U.S. and Canada that have monthly events, featuring our trademarked process called Accelerated Networking to ensure you get the contacts, resources, and leads you need to grow your business. And once you become a member, you get many benefits, including two one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions, unlimited access to our membership database, your own personal profile page, and discounts on products and services with our business partners, such as UPS and American Express Open. Join the eWomen Network community and let us help you live your dream. For details, visit eWomenNetwork.com. Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose. The world needs you, and we want to help. I work with my wife, Kathy, and together we form the business development super team, Thrive Business Development. 
We are here to provide you with well-researched business strategies and empowered step-by-step courageous coaching to help you avoid overwhelm and break through to the next level of your business. Just for listening to the show, we want to give you a free gift. All you have to do is email Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. We will help you get a free gift and access to specials from all of our guests. That's Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. Let us help you be a thriving entrepreneur today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Steve. I'm here with Jessica, and we are talking about turning your fear of hatred or uh, dislike of sales into something that you love. Um, We were talking in the last segment about the emotions that surround uh, how you feel about sales before you ever even get into it. And we're going to uh, jump back more into that. But we have something exciting that's happened here. I have a gentleman named Joe that's on the line with us. He actually called in and he'd like to share a perspective from his point of view of something you could do to empower yourself with selling. Hi, Joe. Hey. Um, is your particular topic um, having to do with entrepreneurs or salespeople? Well, um, the show does mostly go towards entrepreneurs, but um, I do have a lot of salespeople that I've worked with over the years, so either is fine. Okay. Uh, what I meant was this particular topic, was it about um, transforming the entrepreneur's fear of selling, or was it about the normal salesman? Because I can answer the, the entrepreneur, primarily the entrepreneurs, the Yeah, the entrepreneur's uh, fear of selling. Of the entrepreneurs. Okay. Well, then I'll give them the advice that I would give my salesmen. Um, I would tell them, pick up a book. I would tell them, um, look at uh, YouTube videos. I would tell them, look at videos that are prescribed by people who have good reputations for uh, salesmanship, and then practice. Um, If you're going to talk about salespeople, um, that's something I'm more familiar with. But if you're going to talk about entrepreneurs now, then I'll give you the, that particular opinion because it's the same as when you would tell a neophyte, how do you become good at sales? You have to practice. Right. And the emotions, which is something uh, which you had um, talked about mm, just a few minutes ago, the reason why entrepreneurs, I presume, and the reason why salespeople, when they start out, have this fear or loathing of sales is because they get rejected very, very often. And they don't have good training. So, unfortunately, the entrepreneur doesn't have somebody to train him unless, <clears throat> excuse me, unless he's already hired a sales force, then he can... Um, he can talk to the uh, director of marketing or the sales manager and maybe take private lessons after work or something like that. But I presume the entrepreneur that, you talk. Huh? That's yeah. a great point, actually, yeah. because entrepreneurs, they don't yeah. have their sales director. Who are they going to go to, right? Exactly. If you have a business mm-hmm. coach, great. But if you don't, who do you who do you get that training from? That's a brilliant point. It, it is and very again, good. Yeah, I think that's uh, good. Yes, there I are a lot I'm, of good books out there. 
Uh, yeah. we, we talked about um, Zig Ziglar, um, who is, is an older salesperson. But, um, you know, there's even people like Tony Robbins and stuff like that that have books that, though they don't specifically talk about sales techniques, um, they, they will help you with the motivation and stuff like the that. The motivation. I really appreciate yeah. yeah. That's why I, really I wouldn't, appreciate I wouldn't recommend Ziglar. Um, although he does have a course on sales, I wouldn't recommend Ziglar nor Tony Robbins because they are about motivation. I would recommend um, books about sales principles. And I would tell the entrepreneur, if he was coming to me, believe in what you're selling. If you know that what you've got is a very good product, you just might be the very best salesman out there because you might have been involved in the formulation of that product. You might know all about that particular product, better than the salespeople, because most companies nowadays don't know how to train the salespeople right anyway. Well, I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah, I appreciate your opinion, um, and and thanks for calling in. I want to actually uh, jump in on what Joe was talking there because I think that's uh, right where we were at and also has a good perspective on that. The the way to overcome the emotion that you have of selling is to – Flip the switch, as it were, and and learn first of all in your mindset what that means um, to to be a salesperson. Because he brought up a really great point, Jessica. He said um, there's probably nobody, especially if you created the product or what have you, that really truly knows your product like you do. Um, I've often used this example: uh, if you had the cure for cancer um, and it costs something to be able to uh, to get that cure for cancer to people. You wouldn't be holding back that cure for cancer. You'd just be telling everybody, hey, uh, you've got cancer. I can cure it for you. Um, and if there was a price associated with it, the price would be very secondary because what you'd want to do is you'd want to share with those people what you have because you know that it's that important to their life. And although... Um, I, I don't know that we have any of us that are actually curing incurable diseases. We are removing cancers from people's lives. Um, we are helping them with weight loss, with uh, their emotions, with their accounting, um, all those different kind of things. Um, and so if we turn that selling into sharing, we can actually find power within ourselves. Um, we what kind of things have you found empower you when it comes to selling, Jessica? Uh, that's a great question. So for me, I mean, with my background as a, a money coach, I'm always going to come from that standpoint because I just have so much experience with that. And that was one of the things that really um, stumped me is working through my relationship with money was something that took at least a chunk of the fear away because a lot of times if you have um, if you haven't worked through your money stuff then you're going to often come from the place that a lot of my clients do initially of um, I, I don't want to ask people for money and I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that, like, I don't want to ask people for money or um, I, I don't want to take their money. And it's interesting because the, the people that make these comments are usually the, the sweetest, kindest, most giving people. And they give so much, they almost give to a fault. And they're so giving that they actually 
lack the ability to receive. And we see this in women especially. And so the idea that even if you're providing this amazing service, an amazing product that exactly meets the needs of your client, um, there's kind of two things that I think get in the way there. And this is to answer your question of, of breaking through these two things can, can empower you. So the one is any um, form of projection about your own financial situation. Like let's say, I'll give you a perfect example. One of the reasons why I used to discount my services and um, – feel bad, quote-unquote, feel bad about charging what I was charging and, and essentially asking for the sale um, in, the, in my first business, the tutoring franchise, was um, I, at that time in my life, I was 25, single mom, I couldn't afford private tutoring for my kid, and so I was projecting my money mindset onto my client. So that's one thing. If, you, if you're selling something that's maybe um, a premium or a, a larger price and you're not comfortable with that, that's something that will actually – get in your way of, of selling. And then the other piece is if you don't fully understand the value of that. So if you haven't completely wrapped your brain around and, and your heart into what is the value you provide, um, that can also stand in your way and essentially make you feel like you don't believe in what you're selling, which is what Joe said, like you have to believe in it and you have to believe in it 100%. So to the point where it doesn't matter what it is that it costs. So Again, I'm always coming from that perspective of there's a lot of the money stuff that can get in the way with our selling. And so two things is to, one, clear out your your money stuff, like work on your relationship with money, discover what it is you might be projecting onto your clients, and then secondly, get way more clear on the value that you're offering. So like if you're – again, I'm going to go back to that um, warm jacket to someone who's cold because I think it's such a perfect Mm -hmm. example – how can you feel bad about that? Like when you get really clear on the fact that this jacket will make you warm and your problem is that you're freezing cold, you can feel really good about selling something like that. So I just, I find that it's interesting, especially among business women whose their livelihood often relies on their ability to earn money and ask for what they're worth is this idea of, you know, I don't want to ask them for money. And it's like, no, you're, there's a value exchange. And I think so. The, uh, something that has helped me is just to stay clear on the fact that there's a value exchange. I'm not asking anyone for money. I'm not taking anyone's money. I'm, I'm exchanging value with them. I'm providing a service, and, and they're paying me for that. And I, and I don't – it's interesting because it's so simple, but sometimes, like you said, the emotions that we have, our, our limiting beliefs that we grew up with about sales and about money – those things get in the way and cloud us from just staying in the the present moment of there's a value exchange here. Absolutely. I think it's so easy to have had a bad experience, um, and we've all had them, um, whether it's with salespeople or without, but to have a bad experience where you are the customer in a sales perspective and um, to transform the emotion that you're having in that experience into the assumption that you expect everybody is going to have when you're presenting them with something. Um, And and the truth of the matter is, is, well, the truth is, is that that's not true. You know, I mean, on the one hand, we've all been in the retail situation where the, um, the particular salesperson at the store was not, um, having a good day, or they just weren't a good person. I, I don't know. I don't know them, so who knows. Um, 
but where we've actually walked out of a store because we just weren't treated well. Um, we've all had that experience, but but the reality is is that that's the that's the smallest part of our buying experience as people. Um, you know, we go to the I, I said before the grocery store. You know, we go to that every day, every week, every month. Um, you know, we buy clothing, we buy things for our kids for school. There are so many buying experiences that we have every day that uh, we don't even think about. We we have no emotion about and or we even have positive experiences. Um, often people will come back and they'll say, you know, the, the that clerk at the store was just so nice and I we had this really nice conversation. Um, and yet we don't we don't internalize that and say, hey, you know, I could be that person that's a light in somebody's day. Um, how many times have we uh, been having a rough day where you have to rush through a store and you get to the checkout and the person's just really nice and it brightens up your whole entire day because of that nice, that good encounter that you have with somebody. I think that we have to start there from the emotions. We have to be real with. And lastly, you talked about money, Jessica. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we almost always can afford anything that we want to prioritize affording. Um, there yes. are some things that we shouldn't buy <laughs> that um, uh, it's not so much a matter of whether we do or don't have the amount to pay the payment for it. It's just not smart financially to have done. But the truth of the matter is, is that, I don't know if I've ever really found anybody that when they found something that they wanted or needed truly, that they didn't find a way to come up with the money or find a solution uh, that they found that problem met for them. Um, so I want you guys to think during the commercial break here, I want you to come up with mentally about five different empowering things that have been good situations you've had when you were purchasing a product. It could be a new pair of shoes. It could be, you know, groceries from the grocery store, um, you know, prescriptions from the pharmacy. Think of about five positive situations you've had as a buyer. Um, and then we're going to use that as a jumping off point when we come back after the break. This is the EWN Radio Network. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. 
Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose. The world needs you, and we want to help. I work with my wife, Kathy, and together we form the business development super team, Thrive Business Development. We are here to provide you with well-researched business strategies and empowered step-by-step courageous coaching to help you avoid overwhelm and break through to the next level of your business. Just for listening to the show, we want to give you a free gift. All you have to do is email steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. We will help you get a free gift and access to specials from all of our guests. That's Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. Let us help you be a thriving entrepreneur today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for joining us here on Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve Kidd. I'm joined with Jessica Riverson. And we've been talking about the fear or even the hatred of selling. In the last uh, segment, we were talking about the emotions that you have and that surround um, your ability to sell. And and we wanted to help you begin to reframe that into positive thoughts, positive experiences with money uh, that Jessica brought up, the great things to get a good positive relationship around money um, and also begin to realize that what you have to offer, the world needs. I'm always telling you guys, you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose. You're not just an accident that happened here on the planet. You actually are here on purpose. And what you have to share, the world needs. The world needs. You're put here to be you and to fulfill that space. And so when it comes a time that you need to ask people for the sale, when you need to say, hey, you know, this is going to cost such and such, and I'd really like to work with you on that, that you can go into that with grace and ease because you know that what you're offering the people is you fulfilling your best destiny and is good for them. Like like Jessica said, it's like giving um, selling a jacket to a freezing cold Eskimo. Um, so we want to really give you permission. And Jessica, if you talk a little bit more about that, um, the whole concept of the fact that there is a um, – a spiritual, a internal uh, kind of component that that comes along with that, that that is really truly part of selling. It's that understanding that you're fulfilling your true identity when you allow people the opportunity to uh, to have your product. Can can you talk in detail about that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I remember I was giving uh, giving a talk to a group of entrepreneurs and. A woman came up after me, and she kind of leaned in, and she said, I always used to think that if it has to do with money, it can't be spiritual. And so mm. um, with in my business, working with so many coaches, and especially women, I know you, you, you guys work with women a lot in your Thrive Academy, and um, you know, there's, there's so much uh, of that 
is this not spiritual? If I want, if I really want to help people, then it shouldn't involve money. And if I'm a spiritual person, it shouldn't involve money. And so I, I love to reframe that. And like you just said, is like we are here for a purpose. And if you believe in your product or service, and you're very clear on why and how it solves their problem which I think if we pull this even back farther, understanding your target market and um, being really clear on what their problems are and coming up with a solution um, that they automatically recognize, that's another piece that has to be in play here. And if, if those pieces are in place, then you can feel really good about the fact that you are helping people by providing a service that they need. And um, sometimes people will say to me, like, well, I don't really, you know, need a lot of money. And I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) You don't need a lot of money, but you know what? All those people that you want to help and those, you know, the nonprofit you want to create and the charities you want to donate to, they need a lot of money. And so, you know, under this guise of like, I want to be really spiritual and I just want to help people and I don't want to focus on money because I don't need that much money, that's great, and I, not everyone is motivated by money. Not everyone feels they need a lot of money or they feel they need or desire a lot of material things. So from that standpoint, they're thinking, well, I don't need a lot of money to be happy. Great, but the people that they want to help, they do need money. And so the thing is, if we come at it from the idea that you know, if I generate lots of money, I will actually be able to help more people. And I love giving the example of... Um, the church my husband and I go to, um, I help them find, locate the space that they're in. And so I know exactly how much the rent is because I was there for the signing of the lease and everything. And it's about $1,200 a month. It's a really small, small place. But I know that sometimes the um, the pastor has to pay that by himself, like literally out of his pocket. And so, you know, if, if you think about wanting to be spiritual and actually invest in things that have a spiritual resonance for you, um, it, it's definitely something that is a noble pursuit to actually go out in the world, provide a great service or product that helps a lot of people, and collect your payment for that. And then in turn, you can do more of the things that matter to you. You can actually end up helping more people, right? So um, I think that is a, a huge mindset shift, is recognizing that being broke isn't going to help you help more people, <laughs> um, Absolutely. It, it, it's going to be harder for you to help more people when you are in a lack mentality, when you're wondering how to pay your bills, um, especially if you provide a service, like any type of coaching or in anything in the healing type of field. Um, if you're coming from a place of wondering where you're going to, how you're going to pay your next you know, bill or whatnot, it's going to be really hard to be of service, like talk about in the personal services type of any one-to-one service doesn't matter what it is you've got to be financially you know fulfilled and um spiritually fulfilled to be able to then go help other people so i think that's the biggest thing with people that are in businesses where they truly they they just they started the business because they want to help people love that and that's i'm the same person um both my businesses help other people and so we have to recognize that um by you know, you're being broke isn't helping anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, to put on my third generation minister hat, you know, it says that at the beginning of you know, everyone's show, so it's not like I'm hiding it from anybody. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, th- 
the feeding of the 5,000, uh, regardless of, of where you're coming from in your own particular religious viewpoint, in the Bible it talks about the feeding of the 5,000. There's an interesting line in there that doesn't get talked about very much. The disciples come to Jesus and they say, all of these people, it's getting late, they need to eat. Um, and Jesus looks at them and says, well, feed them. And and they're like, but master, that would cost a year's wages. They don't say, we don't have the money. We can't afford that. We don't have any food. They just simply are saying to Jesus, this is how much it would cost us out of the budget. And Jesus says, well, go do it then. <laughs> you know, um, we, we tend to, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, feel like it makes us better people if we are giving um, and, and are broke for doing it. If, uh, you know, you can really tell if a pastor's a good pastor because um, his kids are wearing hand-me-downs <laughs> kind of a mentality, oh, you know? Um, there is so much of that, that, that judgment that goes on, especially in a church, like, oh, well, he shouldn't be driving that car or they shouldn't have this. or, And it's like, really? <laughs> They're not allowed to thrive financially? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, really, those those should be the people that should be the thriving example of thriving lifestyle is the man and woman, um, the family that has dedicated their lives to the advancement of other people's lives. Um, you know, let's face it. Nobody wants to go to a doctor that's the broke guy. You know, nobody wants their doctor to be the guy that just barely graduated medical school. You want to have your surgeon be the top in his class from, you know, Cornell or Harvard or someplace like that. You know, um, well, it's the, the wounded healer thing, right? It's like the wounded healer. Yeah. If you're out trying, I see this a lot in coaches. It's like you're that you want to help. You want to help people with success, and you know, you, you've got to make sure you have your foundation set up. You know, and and I started that way with really struggling, and fortunately, I already had another business, so you know, I had something successful going on. But I, a lot of times, you know, when you're starting out with a business like that, it's um, you got to get your own financial ducks in a row first, so that you actually have a well that you can draw from, and you're not just showing up empty. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It, it's very important that. Um, that you get your thoughts on money right, that you give yourself permission to share what you have with others um, and, and to really frame it in your mind. I'm sharing what I've got with other people who are in need. Find a need and meet it. I mean, that's ultimately what we do as entrepreneurs. You find a need and you find a way to meet that need and then uh, charge what you're worth. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again until you guys get sick of hearing it, and then I'm going to probably say it again. That's what my kids would tell you, um, is the true definition of humility is not somebody that's self-evasive, that's self, uh, self-loathing. True humility is a person who has a right perspective of themselves. And I'm here to tell you, you are awesome, but you need to own that. Own the fact. You need to look yourself in the mirror. You need to stand up during the commercial break, and you need to shout at the top of your voice, I am awesome. Let the world know it. And then give the world an opportunity to share in your sharing of your awesomeness. 
Now, we do need to uh, go to another break here. I wish we didn't, uh, but uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. Hi, this is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose. The world needs you, and we want to help. I work with my wife, Kathy, and together we form the business development super team, Thrive Business Development. We are here to provide you with well-researched business strategies and empowered step-by-step courageous coaching to help you avoid overwhelm and break through to the next level of your business. Just for listening to the show, we want to give you a free gift. All you have to do is email steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. We will help you get a free gift and access to specials from all of our guests. That's Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. Let us help you be a thriving entrepreneur today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. Hi, this is Steve. Jessica and I have been talking to you about how to turn your fear or even hatred of sales into something you love. And we've had some really great things that have come up today. I wish we could go on for about four or five hours. I always say this, but, you know, we are getting close to the end. Jessica, before we do anything else, I I know there are some people who you've sparked some things in them and would like an opportunity to have a further discussion with you and maybe work with you. So let me give you an opportunity to sell. Um, Tell us how people could work with you. Great. Thanks, Steve. So I'll give two options, love to give options. So number one is to go to my website, which is jessicariverson.com. And right on the top of the page, if you look closely, there's a space for you to put your name and email. And when you put your name and email there, you will receive my permission to charge quiz And this quiz will give you a snapshot of where you're at in your business in regards to owning your worth, in regards to packaging and pricing your expertise, and then in regards to your sales consultation or your enrollment process. Um, So that will be a great quiz for you to take and give yourself a snapshot on where you need to focus. And then um, when you you get that, you also get another um, training call, which is – 
three secrets for even smart entrepreneurs to um, own their worth, package their expertise, and learn to sell with soul. And that's going to give you some more specific tips on how to um, create premium programs and convert more consultations. So please get those two free gifts. And if you really want to talk to me, you can go to permissiontocharge.com and um, fill out your name and email, and then you'll get a longer form to give me some more information about you, and then we'll get on the phone from there. So two ways to interact with me. JessicaRiverson.com and PermissionToCharge.com. I hope a bunch of you all check that out. I think uh, there's some really great things that Jessica can share into your life. Um, I I think now is the time we want to leave you with some really good tips on how to be able to start right now into embracing selling and boost your sales. And I'm going to actually, Joe gave us a really great tip, and I want to repeat it. Uh, Practice, drill, rehearse. Uh, It's amazing how much... Uh, impact saying something out loud, even if it's in a mirror, but even better yet to your spouse or a friend or something, just doing the pitch, doing it over and over and over and over again until you can really say it comfortably, how empowering that can be in the emotional element that you have in the, well, what if I say something dumb feeling, you know? Um, So Jessica, what about you? What's a couple of tips that we can leave the folks with that they could do even this week to uh, really embrace selling and boost their sales. Okay, great. Yeah, and I I do want to emphasize your point is one of the things that did help me the most is um, being coached and reading books and practicing. So um, I don't think you can master sales in a vacuum, right? So you have to actually read the books, take the trainings, um, one of the things I do with my clients is I talk to them before and after their consultation. So it's like, okay, I said this, they said this. Okay, here's what you need to do differently next time. So always investing in yourself in, in working with someone like Steve or myself is, is really important. But um, So I would say that's like number one thing that you can do is get that training. So thanks to Joe for bringing that up. Um, but another important tip that I always like to share is to get out of ego. So one of the things that I know my clients are always afraid of is they don't want to be inauthentic. That's one of their biggest fears is that, oh, my gosh, I'm just I'm just selling and people think I only want money and um, they have all that fear running. So the best thing you can do is, like, check that at the door and recognize that if you're thinking that, if you're feeling fear, you're definitely not being authentic. You're in ego. Your ego is talking. Your ego is leading the way. And that's the very thing that that you don't want to be. So actually your fear is is a really great um, uh, trigger for you or a cue. That's a better word. It's a good cue for you to know like, oh, I'm feeling fear and anxiety. That means I'm in ego. So let me say thank you, ego, but no thanks. I don't need you right now. I actually want to be present, listen to my client, and by listening, I will be able to present a solution that will work for them, such as a warm jacket helping someone who's really freezing cold, right? That's, that's, it's that simple. Yeah. You're helping them. And so it, it using the fear as a clue or a cue for you to know that you are in your ego space right now. And people can can smell that a mile away. Like if you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I need to make this next sale, they're going to pick up on that energy. And so it, it's 
it's pretty great that the fear is letting you know that you're not being authentic. Um, can I share another tip? That's that's my first one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me just say one thing real quick. Um, you know, you said that that fear is something that pops up. You really need to understand that that ego is something that you want to overcome and you want to be thankful that you had that chance to be fearful so that you can then step out and step into a new a new and better place in your life where you're more empowered. Please, yeah, give us another tip. Okay, so uh, another one of my favorite things is um, – you probably hear this too, Steve, is like one of people's biggest hurdles is when a client says, well, I can't afford it. And, uh, you know, as you develop your sales skills, you can overcome this the majority of the time. Um, but, you know, sometimes people have certain circumstances uh, that they're dealing with. However, my favorite question to ask is um, when someone says, I can't afford it, I say, how can you afford it? And I'll give you a great example. I was talking to a, a woman who was interested in my um, money breakthrough home study, pro, or it was a group program that I did about two years ago. And we just spent, you know, like 25 minutes on how her money relationship was affecting her life and what it was costing her to not solve this problem. And uh, we discovered it was costing her you know, probably half a million dollars across her lifetime, right? Because if you have a, a relationship with money that's not working for you and you're not charging your worth and you multiply that by, you know, you've been in the workforce for 20 or 30 years now, you're going to probably come up with half a million dollars. And so we just discovered that this was a very expensive problem. And then the course was super affordable, but it came down to, well, I don't I, I don't have the money. I can't afford it. And... um I just said, well, you know, how can you afford it? And then I was quiet. I didn't say anything. It was, you know, it could feel like an awkward silence, but that's great because that means that your client is thinking about it. And after a moment, she came back and said, well, I do get paid on the 25th. I could pay you, you know, part of it then, and then a week later I could pay the rest. And I'm like, perfect. Let's get you registered. So, um, just asking that question is very empowering to your client because if you accept the I can't afford it question, then you're buying their story and you're agreeing with them that you're right. You know what? You can't afford it. You don't have the resources. You're probably not smart enough to figure out how to get the resources. So, okay, I'll, you know, it's usually a conversation stopper. If someone says I can't afford it, a lot of entrepreneurs are going to go, okay. Well, let me know when you can. And the thing is, they often won't come. My, in my experience, they often won't come back months later and go, I have the money now, especially because I'm helping people with money, right? <laughs> it's the whole reason why they need mm -hmm. to figure out how to get the money and get going is because I'm going to help them with that. And so if you just ask that question, you're empowering them. You're empowering them to become a causing agent in their life, someone who actually has the internal resources to figure it out. And then when they do figure out how to come up with the money to invest in their business or themselves, they feel really good and actually gets their money mojo going because they just figured out how to come up with the money for the program or what you're doing, the investment. And from there, that gives them more confidence that if they can do that, surely they can build their business and, and make become more profitable in their business. If they can figure out how to come up with the money for a coach or some kind of program, that just gets them kind of 
on that role of confidence. So it, it's a really good question to ask to empower someone. Like, don't buy their story. You're just buying into the story they've been running the whole time, which hasn't empowered them at all and hasn't. That's why they're on the phone with you probably. You know, <laughs> they probably wouldn't be on the phone with oh, yeah. you if they had all the money in the world and were just totally rocking their life in every area. Absolutely. Um, it's so important, uh, as my final tip, to listen, um, both listening to that ego talking to you, but more importantly, to listen to your potential customer. Uh, there's an old saying, God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we listen twice as much as we talk. Uh, and often one of our negative experiences we've had with salespeople is is that they won't shut up is really the truth of it. Um, and it'll even frustrate my wife because I will just let a person go on and on and on and on and on and talk. And she'll like, why didn't you just interject in there? And I'm like, well, because they told me everything that I need to know in order to be able to sell it to them. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we've ran out of time. I, I'd love to just do a whole nother show here now on how to overcome objections because that is so much fun. Um, I'd be glad to work with any of you one-on-one -on -one if you've had an objection that keeps coming up. Uh, in fact, I challenge you to contact me, Steve, at We Help You Thrive and see if you can help, if you can come up with an objection that I can't help you come up with a response for. That would actually be fun for me. Um, and do uh, contact Jessica, jessicariversun.com. Um, please, please know that you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose, that the world needs you. Jessica, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. And thank you for pouring yourself into the lives of our listeners today to help them be a thriving entrepreneur. I hope everybody has a great day. Bye, Steve. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. This is Steve Kidd, the host of Thriving Entrepreneur. I want you to know you are uniquely brilliant, created for a purpose. The world needs you, and we want to help. I work with my wife, Kathy, and together we form the business development super team, Thrive Business Development. We are here to provide you with well-researched business strategies and empowered step-by-step, -step, courageous coaching to help you avoid overwhelm and break through to the next level of your business. Just for listening to the show, we want to give you a free gift. All you have to do is email steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. We will help you get a free gift and access to specials from all of our guests. That's Steve at wehelpyouthrive.com. Let us help you be a thriving entrepreneur today.